Hey, this is Amy. And this is Jory with her voice back. Laryngitis is gone. Woot woot. And this is Don't Tell Me What To Do podcast. We're excited you're here this week with us. So, um, we're on episode seven. Actually, eight? Yes. We're on episode eight, which is so exciting because Amy and I set a goal of either eight or ten episodes launched by the summer, and now it's going to be at least ten, so we're super excited about Mm -hmm. that. And today, we have one of my girl crushes here, Anna Clausen, and (laughs) one of our friends had invited me to this spin class a long time ago that I couldn't go to, and started following the instructor and have just been so touched by your social media feed over the past few months and it's the epitome of what we consider the don't tell me what to do brand Mm -hmm. of looking at things differently within the wellness and health industry and telling people that it's okay to trust their body and not compare themselves to others and that having a rest day is as good as a workout day Mm -hmm. and just being okay with truly being yourself so I just I appreciate you so much and you've been on our list our hit list of people we wanted to reach out to from the very beginning so we're so honored to have you today and dig into your story I'm so excited to be here ladies thank you that means a lot to me it's also really I'm thrilled that it resonates that way because you never know when you put it out into the universe how it how it translates so I'm thrilled that it translates that way because that means that is what I hope well you're achieving your goal Yes. See? Day seized. Don't need to talk about anything else. Done. You got it. You know, you're good. Let's go get some rosé. Hey, done. You mean we don't have any right here right now? I have some in my purse. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. So let's dig in. What was your don't tell me what to do moment? Let's go straight to it. Let's go right to it. Okay. So I think for me, my don't tell me what to do moment was about a year and a half ago when I little known fact, or maybe known fact, I was an actor for the majority of my life. So from the age of five, I was a performer, I was singing, I was acting for attention from like a very tiny age, singing on my dad's knee, and it's what I knew my entire life. And a year and a half ago, I remember sitting in my house at my desk and writing an email to my agent saying, I need to leave this career. And it was some of the most terrifying and so right move for me at that time um, that I had built up to this career my entire life. And I was also personal training on the side. Um, But it's kind of like breaking up with an ex of like you feel it in your gut, you feel this churning. Mm -hmm. And then once you see it and you feel that knowing, you can't really unknow that. And it come to my attention that my career was really triggering all of the things in my soul through that I had been dealing with through mental health and depression that my career was directly triggering all of those things those feelings of self-worth those feelings of not enoughness that feeling of not having control over my future my destiny of handing over my worthiness and literally auditioning for my life and for my paycheck day after day and it was directly triggering to all of those things and then my heart was also being pulled into working specifically with women around stepping into their power I would see in my strength training sessions women lifting heavy shit and stepping into their power day after day and I was like oh that's what I want to be doing this fills my cup this fills my soul so I ended up writing a letter that day I had just come back from vacation um, 
and taken a month off of acting and I was like, I need to step away. It's time. And so it really was about... And was there one specific moment on the vacation where it just hit you like a ton of bricks or had it been building and building over time? I think it had been kind of building. So what I had done is in the the six months prior, I had started, I had, we talked about this, a Mm -hmm. a breakdown, breakthrough moment in a yoga class, which is also a really good story. Maybe we can shelf it. No, let's 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 break it out. You want to go go there? there. I love breakdown, breakthrough moments. Those are where the good, that's where the good stuff is. So I was at Shefa Yoga, if you're not familiar. Um, Oh, so that's Leah. Yeah. Yes, Zachariah. Oh. She's amazing. She's also on our hit list and hasn't emailed us back. So oh my gosh. She, Leo, <laughs> yeah. really like you to come she on. She is a busy we woman, watch. and she, yes. is, she is an angel. She's life-changing. Um, I was in one of her classes. I, I was actually in uh, Karina, if you haven't taken yes. from Karina. So Karina is also a magical unicorn. And we were doing this simple exercise of turn to your partner and just share with them what's coming up for you. And it was very, it was like just tap into what's, happening with you mm-hmm. and share with them and so I turned to this lovely sweet young lady and she shared with me first and I started to feel something bubble and I was like oh fuck no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and she turned to me and she was like yeah I'm having like a little bit of stress and anxiety I'm in grad school so it's kind of stressful for me and I was like oh that's a normal human response okay great and I turned to her and I looked her in the eyes and I just go I'm feeling really sad <gasps> and the floodgates just burst. <gasps> like I, the depression had been sitting in me and I wasn't acknowledging it and I was avoiding it and numbing myself out to it. And I looked the stranger in the eyes and I just started weeping. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm totally freaking this girl out. Who's just like came to yoga class to like unwind a little bit. And now I'm just like, you're like weeping on her lap just and, yeah. <laughs> and she and we could both feel this like I'm sorry this is happening like you don't have to fix this for me I just this is really bubbling for me and it's just sta- okay it's staying and so I went through the yoga class and then she was like okay and now just lay down and I'm going to take you through this exercise where you're wading into that emotion we're going to wade into it we're going to accept it we're going to jump into the pool of it and so I'm like you're like do I want to go there right I don't now? know if yeah. I want to go there there's this pool of like darkness and she's like get into it girl and I'm like I don't know but now I'm in it and I can't get out so I just like dove into the darkness and I and then at the end she was like and then you can just release it and let it go and I was like it's not letting go. I'm in the darkness and I can't get out. And so yeah. that was this recognition, first of all, that I was really depressed. Yeah. I was really depressed. Yeah. I didn't want to be in the career that I was being in, but I was getting a lot of external validation. Um, I was getting a lot of praise. I was getting paid. I was getting jobs. So there was all this pressure of like, well, you are an actor working. who's working. Yeah. So like be grateful. Right. You should be happy doing this. You get to, you know, go on commercial shoots and meet cool people and go to neat places and play dress up. Like be happy. Be grateful. And I, I just didn't feel that way. Yeah. And you had mentioned that your parents supported you in this career. Did was there some sort of yeah. guilt of like, my parents have supported me and paid for this and now I'm here and I'm and I'm successful, totally. what are they going to think if I stop? Yeah, I think 100%. That pressure is so strong. Yeah, and my dad was a performer. He was a singer and a, and a musician. And um, and so I definitely felt this pressure to make them proud and to, to make their investment worthwhile. And I had also felt this pressure of, like, I had invested so much time and energy. I would invested my entire life into this career. Right. And I, sh- I should... 
I was a failure if I didn't, you know, reach some unknown. I didn't even know what that thing would be. If I finally got that thing, I would be validated. It's that kind of never enoughness feeling. Mm. And I should say that my parents never put that feeling of like, you have to do this. It was always a, well, we're supporting your dreams. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like if this is your dream, great. And when I did tell them, like, I, I think I want to make a change. They were like, okay, do what makes you happy. Like you gave yeah. this an honest try. Like you gave it your all. It's clearly not sparking joy. Yeah. Hashtag Marie Kondo. Like, go, <laughs> yeah. go do what makes you happy. Right. Um, but that can be the most power. I mean, I think what we've realized in talking to these people that the most powerful don't tell you, tell, don't tell me what to do moments are your inner voice telling you what to do and yes. being able to ignore that. Yes. It's most of the time our family, our friends, they are supportive, yes. but it's, it's the conditioning to it. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, it's our brains telling us what we should be. Those me- we should all over ourselves of like, well, you should be doing this or you should ha- be happier doing this. And yeah. it really, I had spent so much time um, trying to figure out what everybody else wanted to, of me and how I could pander to that or, fig- or, or get worthiness mm-hmm. from other people that I didn't ever really take the time to ask, what do I want? Who am I in this world? What do I like to do? And so from that breakdown breakthrough moment, I started seeing a therapist again. Bless her. (laughs) And I started um, a newsletter called Feel Good Friday, which was entirely meant to take Fridays. And I felt really privileged and supported by my husband that I could take Fridays off. Mm -hmm. And I could literally just sit with the question of, what do you want to do? Who are you? What do you like? What do you want to eat? You don't have to eat in a certain way to control your body to get a job as an actor. You don't have to dress in a certain way to be cast as the young mom. You don't have to cut your hair in this way that makes you uh, castable. What do you want? Wow. How, when, when you were able to sit there finally in those moments to really ask yourself, what do I want? Mm-hmm. What is it that I truly want to see in life? Based on all of your, and you have the, all that baggage, right? And all that background too. What was the first emotion that came up to you when you started asking yourself those questions? I think I was afraid. It was fear. I think there was definitely a lot of fear of like, well, what if I don't like what comes up? What if I don't like that person? Or... um I think there's a fear of like, and and some judgment around like, well, I don't know. And then I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? Like you're a grown ass woman, figure it the fuck out. Like you should know. Yeah. Um, And so I think there was a lot of fear, but then once I got past the fear, there was curiosity. Mm. And so I had this mantra of just follow your curiosity. Mm. And whenever kind of like little spark of what is that over there? Like I want to go on a bike ride with no agenda and I'm just going to follow my intuition. And it really was a coming back to my intuition and an unlearning of what we are just like pelted with mm-hmm. as women of how we should look, how much space we should take up or not take up, what we should say, how we should dress, how we should be in the world. It was an unlearning of all of that bullshit. And then a learning of, well, what do I like? And from that, I found such a joy and such a power and that's really 
what I try to bring into my personal training and a different take on training is like, it doesn't have to be what it looks like for me. It doesn't have to be what it looks like for you. It can be whatever brings you joy and makes you feel yeah. like the badass that you are or insert, maybe you don't want to feel like badass. Maybe it makes you feel energetic or, you know, playful or sexy or silly or whatever it is finding that joy and my mechanism is through movement mm -hmm. because it's been such a freeing agent for me of tapping into myself as you can't bullshit your body mm -hmm. body knows your body knows your body knows your body knows you know your body knows well and as you and we've heard from other people too that as you go through those periods of anxiety or depression or the struggle or the tension mm -hmm. right your body, I mean, research shows, right, it impacts your body. Mm -hmm. So when was a physical moment when you felt a bit more free mm. to be and ask and be curious? I think when I'm, anytime I do yoga, mm -hmm. I feel deeply free. Mm -hmm. I think um, there is this connection to breath and to movement that is really profound and it's an also really great because you leave your phones outside. <laughs> like you're not attached to this thing, my yeah. Apple, um, the watch. Mm -hmm. And you really do get to just breathe and say, what's up, body? What's happening in here? Because I think in our day-to-day -day life, there's so much noise. Like there's so much. I'm constantly connected. I am constantly stimulated by, you know, the city that we live in. Um, I'm always on the gram. Us, like I'm always texting or calling or listening to the radio. It's and kind so, of insane what we put our brains through. Isn't it wild? Like I think about sometimes at work when I'm on a conference call, on a video, responding yes. to a text, yes. responding to a Slack message. Oh, somebody wants to talk on Hangouts and writing an email, and you're like, "How the fuck do we get any work done?" Yes, it's <laughs> like, no wonder we <laughs> can't. I know. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's no wonder that we can't. But that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, that's the expectation. Like right? the expectation of a good worker is a responsive one. Yes. Not necessarily a strategic one. Yes. Or yes. one that adds value. Yes. It's responsive. Yeah, we prioritize responsiveness in friendships, in work, in everything. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to quality. Mm. As a, it's like quantity over quality, where it should be the reverse, mm -hmm. right? Of like quality of interaction, quality of experience. Because yeah. at the end of the day, too, like I always do this exercise. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, my therapist, for this. Yes. Of rocking chair Anna when I'm 85 mm. old just imagine yourself like grayed out so wrinkly so lovely glowing from life experiences on a rocking chair maybe a glass of wine in her hand mm -hmm. what is she gonna give a shit about like what is she gonna look back and go man I wish I would have sent that email <laughs> <laughs> or like I wish you would have done two more spin clap of like fit into those pants like no <laughs> yeah Fuck no! <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to be an actress anymore? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, that was that was prime yeah. elderly woman <laughs> right so there. Much. I will only be cast as old eighty five year old. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it, but it's it, true. It's true. Like if you go back to those moments where, and if I think back to all of those agonizing moments in my life where I was just like racking my brain and in so much pain, I was like, it's not worth it. That's mm -hmm. not the real stuff. That's not the like VIP. Very important life experiences totally it's so how did you find the real Anna because I know 
you were training on the side, so that mm-hmm. was something that you were doing. It wasn't a mm-hmm. big life shift where you're doing something totally new. Yeah. Was there a, like, well, I'm already doing this, I'll invest in it, so I have something to do? Or was that a light bulb moment of I want to fully invest in this and make it? Yeah, I me. think it was I think it was a light bulb moment because it was also I had always been doing multiple jobs. Like I had always had a side job. Mm-hmm. So I I wanted to know what it felt like to put my soul into one thing. My feet were always in, like, my fingers were in different places, and my heart was always constantly being pulled between, you have an audition in Portland tomorrow, you're going to cancel on this client, or you're going to get a sub for this class, you're going to, like, and I never was able to fully invest my soul and myself into one thing. Yeah. And any time I left a personal training session, I felt like, A, I was of service. I was genuinely on a real deep level, on a simple, small, my own small level, I was being of service. And that made me feel really good. I didn't always feel that way when I was walking off of a job and acting. Um, And then I also loved movement. Like movement was the thing. So in college, I had never lifted before. I was always an athlete, but I never lifted before. Mm -hmm. And I came back home again, super depressed, really anxious, didn't know what I was doing with my life. And I stepped into a weightlifting class. First ever, it was a body pump class. Shout out to body pump. Shout out to body pump. Um, And I, the woman who was teaching was jacked. She could do so many push-ups. She was so (laughs) confident in herself, but it was this grounded, like, I am in my, I am embodied Mm. and I am here and I don't have to show you that I'm here. I just am. And so I started lifting weights and it changed my life. And so if I could bring that two other people I was like oh, yeah let's do that mm-hmm. that sounds great right I've talked about this with Molly and with mm-hmm. Ellie at other levels too but there is just an element of strength training mm-hmm. especially when you sit there and say you're going to lift a really heavy barbell yes. we're going to teach you how to move your body in order to make that not so heavy yes that for some reason I don't know for anyone else, but especially for me, it's super empowering. Yes. It's It's empowering and the progress is empowering that you Mm -hmm. don't get in another, like, hit class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you see tangible of, like, I am growing, I'm improving as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and looking at that damn bar and Mm -hmm. saying, you know what? I'm going to own you. Yes. For the next 30 minutes. I don't really care how much weight we put on it, but I am going to own this yes. and I'm going to be in control of this. Yes. And it's just amazing how that shift in mindset can produce a shift in confidence in your strength, mm-hmm. can produce a shift in mind, like your, your personal strength, your inner strength, your outer strength. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's so true. And it's, I think it, what I love about working out is that I think of it as a mini training ground for life. Especially when it comes to anxiety and depression, your brain likes to tell you these messages of what you can't do and how fear is going to run your life or how you should stay small and hide and avoid and, and just, you know, stay stay away. And when you face a barbell, you can't lie to a barbell. Nope. And you step up to it and you have this practice run of saying, no, I'm in control. Mm-hmm. I get to run this show and I fucking got this. And then you do it. And so you get to train these reps, literal reps in the gym, and then you flex that muscle of confidence and you take that out into the real life. And so you know you've deadlifted 125 pounds. I can have this hard conversation with my spouse because I did that hard thing that I didn't think I could do and I did it. And when you physically see 
you you pick something up and you put it down, you can't deny that. Like right. you can't. You're like, I did that. That's the thing. I did that thing. Right. And so it really ingrains these patterns of confidence in your body that you're like, no, I can do hard shit. Mm-hmm. I can. And I can do the next hard thing, and I can do the next hard thing. That's what I love about, specifically about strength training. And for women, and then it teaches us that it's okay to not be delicate. Mm -hmm. That you can be hearty and strong and, like, badass and have swagger and just be strong as hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in all areas. Exactly, in all areas. I think we're finally coming into a period in this world where it's... Cool to be strong. It's cool to be strong. Yeah, it's cool to be whatever the hell you want to be. I know there's this saying of, like, strong is the new sexy. I'm like, strong is strong, sexy is sexy. You do you, girl. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do need you. to be separate. Totally. Well, now, I mean, it's so fun to see this new Anna, not having known the Anna, but you have such a strong presence and you seem so that you're living in alignment. But how does anxiety and depression still creep in today? Like how, Mm. and now that you're living that life, knowing that there's not, I'm anxious or depressed because of X, Y, Z, what kind of feelings does that bring up now? What do you, how do you work through that? Yeah. I mean, I think, so I've dealt with anxiety and depression and I should also say I've dealt with something called trichotillomania, which is hair pulling. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to give a shout out to anybody who's had trick. It's Mm. really challenging. Yeah. Um, but it's it's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. I dealt with it from the age of 10 until now, and from the ages of 10 to 13, it was really bad, to the point of pretty bald on top, like mm-hmm. young kid in middle school, pretty oh. bald. It was rough. Wow. It was rough, y'all. That's a lot of, of crazy hits yeah. to confidence. Oh, my gosh. Life and esteem. And yeah. Oh. But I think what I've learned is that anxiety, depression, and trick will always be a piece of me but it doesn't define me yeah and so what I now do is I know the shit's gonna pop up I keep I I used to go into my therapist's office and go like girl I need three easy steps (laughs) give me three easy steps for when fear pops up and I'm just gonna get that shit out of here or like I would always think too if I did enough work I just wouldn't have to deal with it. Like, I'd be, I could work, my, I could therapize myself out of that depression. And then it'd be yeah. out of there. Or right. that anxiety would never show up again. Or fear would be, like, gone. I always used to envision it as the storm cloud. I'm like, I just got to run from the storm cloud and yes. then it will be gone. Yep. Yes. But now I've learned that I can <clears throat> sit in the storm cloud. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that um, I am resilient enough to hold space for these things. And that these things wow. don't kill me. Um, and you and can have compassion for you, it. Exactly. And so I have this exercise where I in, I have a uh, kitchen table, mm-hmm. and I invite all of these things to the table of self-loathing. Mm-hmm. Bring her to the table. Because she, she served a purpose for a little while. Or I bring, you know, little 13-year-old bald Anna to the table. Mm-hmm. Or I bring little Anna who's afraid of change or having a hard conversation or asking for what she needs, or the Anna who kind of performs for her worth. I just bring them to the table and I give them a cookie. Everybody gets a chocolate chip cookie. You're welcome (laughs) at my table. I get it. I know why you're here. I thank you for your service and you're not needed right now. (laughs) Take the cookie cookie and please tell. You can stay if you want, but like, don't talk that loud. You know? (laughs) I just need you to shut up for the moment. Please just shut up. I acknowledge you, I hear you. It's like a screaming toddler. Yeah, I hear you, bud got it yeah um so just creating some space creating some radical self-acceptance around like it's normal to have these feelings it's normal to be depressed it's okay it's not normal Uh, well yeah i mean it's it's okay these things are okay 
Yeah. And so creating space around those things. And I also think that I've, um, really grateful and really lucky to have access to good mental health. I know that is very much not the case for so many people. Mm-hmm. It is um, so inaccessible to so many people. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And so I've created a tool chest. I've created a literal like toolbox of shit that I pull out when stuff goes sideways. I love it. Well, and another part of another part of your story truly is as you were having that breakdown and breakthrough mm-hmm. and as you have walked through life in this I say new Anna but mm-hmm. again this is the Anna we know so I'm not saying it's new it's just it's just Anna yeah um you have a support system around you we talked a little bit about your family yeah but also your husband yeah so talk to us about how how you communicated with him how you worked with him to work through this breakdown, breakthrough onto the other side. Yeah. Sometimes there's that balance of like, I need you here, but I need the boundary here. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. How did you navigate that? I think it's, so my husband is wonderful in that he's really always been very comfortable leaning into conflict. Very comfortable leaning into conflict. And so, and I was the polar opposite. I was like the numb being queen. I would avoid that stuff. Let's talk mm-hmm. about anything else. Let's make a joke. Like, um, and so even in our wedding vows, we vowed to each other that he would be gentle in conflict and I would lean into it. Wow. And so he's been wonderfully supportive of me. Um, he's also ferociously independent. And so me being like, I'm going to go take a weekend in a hotel by myself. I need to go. He's like, great, go do it. Do you mm-hmm. do you, girl? Um, but it was really hard for me to voice what I needed for a really long time. Right. For fear of disappointing. For fear of... Um, making him feel unloved when I needed to take my time for myself for fear of financially letting our family down because that was half of my paycheck that I was like, I'm just going to walk away from that. And he said, okay. Um, but it took a lot of flexing that muscle of asking for what I needed. And I would do this thing where I would let it build, I let it build. And I'm like, we're good. It's good. And then something would trigger and it would just be like floodgates. And then it would be this long conversation of like, okay, what's going on here, buddy? Like what's actually coming up for you? We need to talk about these things. It can't just be every month we have this like mini breakdown breakthrough because that's just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so it was really being about learning to flex on a daily basis what is coming up for me. Which is so hard. It's I'm definitely so the person hard. where, like, I hold it all in, and not intentionally, and sure. then it comes out, and you're like, and I want to talk about this, and yes. I want to talk about this, yes. and By the way, by the way, and then they're like, why are you crying? And I'm like, yes. I just, it's going to be crying. Yes. yes. <laughs> you're watching, like, the voice, and you're just weeping, yeah. and you're like, I feel like something else is yeah. here with you now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really hard. I found, um meditation to be really helpful to quiet and to step into so I do a daily I do kind of a little mini morning ritual of five minutes I don't look at my phone first thing in the morning I do like a quick what's up to my husband and I go sit on my little meditation seat mm-hmm. um, and I should preface this with this is not a perfect practice and this doesn't happen every morning so don't get in your head like this girl wakes up every morning and she speaks with you know some spirits and is, <laughs> right. it's always that way and it's perfect and drinks it's the not. green juice <laughs> exactly and, the, yep, and she's totally. already spun for 20 minutes no <laughs> I try my best and it's five minutes of seated meditation 
Sometimes I'll use Simple Habit, which is a really cool app mm -hmm. that I've discovered. I do a gratitude practice of three things that I'm grateful for, one thing about relationships, one thing about my body that I'm grateful for, uh, and one thing about my work that I'm grateful for. And that allows me to sit and go, what's coming up for you, girl? Like, what do you need? And then the other thing I've started asking myself is, what is the most nourishing thing I can give to myself today? Wow. So it's not about like, I got to do this. I got to do this. It's like, how can I, what is the most nourishing thing that I can give to myself today? And usually my intuition will be like, you need water. <laughs> yeah. Or like, go to sleep. <laughs> it will tell you. Totally. It will yeah. tell you. If you ask and you are genuinely open to listening, like your body's, it'll tell you. What was the most nourishing thing that came up for you today in your mm. practice? The most nourishing thing for me today was um, asking the universe to let me be seen. Mm. Just to not feel like I needed to put anything on, but to just let myself let armor down and to just genuinely be seen. And that was the most nourishing thing that I could give to myself. And I know you just came out of a two-week um, shoot with REI, getting back yeah. to acting. Did that bring up any... I mean, what you're saying right now makes me think that maybe something came up while you were on that shoot. You know, it wasn't. I think um, I was fangirls of y'all, so I was nervous. Oh, <laughs> stop. Um, no, I was just on a shoot with REI. They are, so I held on to two projects after leaving my agency. And those were the projects that allowed me to feel the most seen, actually. Mm -hmm. And so be I, yourself. Exactly. To truly be myself and to not feel like, oh, I need to look a certain way or fit into a certain pant size or um, be a certain character. I actually got to just be me in this. Um, they're called Trailheads Adventures. And we uh, go on adventures and try new outdoor activities. So we're all beginners. And we just try things from downhill skiing to cross country. And it shows folks who maybe feel um, a little nervous in these new environments to say, you can do it. Like, you can just, you got it. You go figure it out. And also that we all belong outside. The outside mm -hmm. is for everyone. It is not for a certain person. It's not for a certain socioeconomic level. The outdoors is for all. And Mother Nature invites us all outside. Mm -hmm. Um, so it shows us going on adventures in the outdoors. And so I think being on that shoot, getting to be myself yeah. and being outside and challenging myself, I feel like those are the things that make us like the most human. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So true. So true. And it's super inspiring to, to watch those pieces because I know when you, when you work in, in community with people who are super adventurous, like Jory and I are, mm -hmm. we see that example but when you're not and you want to try something new, it's really hard to go out on that ledge. Yes. And so to see somebody who's like, you know what? I'm going to go downhill ski. Yes. Even if it's with a campaign, with a company yeah. that's really promoting too, like get outside, opt outside. Yeah. Right? It's, it makes it more approachable. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being outside is so healing. <laughs> we have those moments all the time. <laughs> yeah. I've seen y'all's Instagram feeds. Yeah. We go on some adventures. We have fun. <laughs> we have fun. Yeah. Well, I think we love to ask this question as we wrap up. And I think after hearing your story, I'd love to hear if you were going to go back and give 13-year-old Anna mm. advice. And usually it's right when you're making the shift. But I actually think what you said is really important that so many of those feelings and anxiety is ingrained from such a young age. Mm -hmm. What would you tell her? 
I would tell her that she is worthy simply because she is. She does not have to audition or perform or hustle for her worthiness. It's just right in there and it always will be there and that she is enough. And that she's a cool girl and just trust it. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I really wish that my 13 year old self held that too. Right? Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so, so hard to know that at that age. Yeah. It's so hard. And I, I, you know, to some degree you have to go through the weeds to figure that out. Yeah. But shoot. If you're Only a 13 year old cool girl. We were when we're exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if your 13 year old self could see you two right now, they'd be like, wow. You know <laughs> this is I mean? going to be great. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be okay. I think that's the other thing is yeah. like the things that feel so intense and painful it will be okay yeah it's not that you're not going to have pain because I think that's what even my first heartbreak taught me is that you're gonna have your heart broken yeah and I probably will have my heart broken again yeah and again yes. and multiple things in your life will break your heart but you'll you have that realization of you're gonna survive yes yeah you and you'll have, have that capacity. day that you wake up where everything's okay yeah right. exactly yeah we have the capacity to deal with hard shit mm. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I love it. I well, love I hope it. everyone listening feels inspired to deal with the hard shit in their life <laughs> and give themselves self-compassion and, yeah, and that it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Sometimes we have to have those moments when we are crying on the yoga mat to strangers <laughs> to understand and uh. to process and work through and lean into mm-hmm. the hard stuff, mm-hmm. right? And that... If you do that, good shit happens. Good shit yeah. happens. Amen to that. Good it's so happens. true. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for being so here much. and being vulnerable, being real. Oh, so good. You are seen, lady. You oh, are. You seen. are seen. Thanks, y'all. I just I so appreciate you both being here and asking amazing questions and just holding space hey. for the real shit. Uh, and if people want to work with you or come to your classes, where yeah. can they find you? You can find me on my website, com. You can find me on the gram, Wellness. Um, I love hearing from people. I love chatting with people. So DM me, even if it's just like a, I don't know, I like your dog. Or here's a picture. Send me a picture of your dog, really, is what I want to see. Um, so that's where you can find me. Done. That's awesome. Well... Thanks for the conversation. We will all send you pictures of our dogs or furry friends of all kinds. All kinds. But we'll just keep this conversation going then, too. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.